Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morquecho, and you're listening to episode 23. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Kylie Visser. Kylie is the communications director at North Coast Church in San Marcos Escondido. That is where Jesse and I go to church. She's also a pastor's wife and mama to two wild boys, Henry and Jack, who are also very handsome. (laughs) Kylie has walked through three seasons of crippling anxiety and depression, but those seasons don't define her in the slightest. She's passionate about encouraging women to reject perfectionism, stop trying to do it all, and make time for the things that make them feel fully alive. So grateful you're here today, Kylie. My pleasure. Yeah, Kylie and I are in the studio today, too. Um, As I mentioned, she's local to where I live, so we get to do this in person, which is really fun. Love that. Um, As I mentioned, Kylie has walked through some intense seasons of anxiety and depression, and something that I knew about her and that I really wanted to chat about was postpartum depression because I know it's very common. Mm-hmm. I haven't experienced it myself, but a lot of my friends have. And I know there's a lot of women out there. And I'm just excited for you to hear Kylie's heart and her story because I'm pretty sure if it's something you think you might be going through or that you have dealt with, that you'll be able to relate. Uh, but first, Kylie, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your sweet family? Okay. Um, I'm married to my husband, Austin. We are, what are we, 32? We've been, we met when we were 15. That's so crazy. Tiny little babies and started dating when we were 18. So we've really grown up together, mm-hmm. done a lot of life together, and um, we work together, which is crazy. I definitely never saw that coming, <laughs> but we love it. We absolutely love it. We're having a blast. Um, we work at North Coast Church, and um, we've got two little guys, like you said, Henry and Jack. And Henry is five. He just started kindergarten, um, and he's our feeler. He's our compassionate, empathetic soul. He's precious. Um, and Jack is three and a half. He is our baby. Uh, He's our entertainer and he's definitely, he's a feisty little guy. He keeps us on our toes for sure. They're so sweet. (laughs) You guys, Kylie is the person that when Vera first started going to preschool and it was a big deal for us because we hadn't left her with anybody outside of my mom yet and um, let alone like in a group setting. And I was sitting there on the couch, like bawling and like trying to release Vera to the Lord in preschool <laughs> all at the same time. And just, she was texting with me and it was so encouraging. And she reminded me how capable and strong and brave my daughter was. And that just helped me change my tune to that. But anyway, so this girl is just sweet and intentional. Um, and I'm so glad you get to experience a little bit of that today. Uh, Kylie, can you tell me, um, so you said you went through three seasons of anxiety and depression. When were those seasons? What was going on in your life? Mm -hmm. Um, So anxiety and depression, they're so different for everybody. The different severity and um, frequency that um, they experience that. And for me, it's not something that I experience on a daily basis. Um, But I, like you said, I've had three seasons of anxiety and depression. And for me, all three of those were Um, kind of a big hormonal shift and coupled with a big life stressor. Um, So for one, like we talked about with postpartum depression, obviously the big hormonal shift is I just had a baby and your hormones just plummet. Um, And then the stressor was, a, you know, I mean, all the things that come with a newborn, sleeplessness and really navigating this new identity as a mom. Um, and trying to figure out what does that look like in my life? How do I, um, 
who am I now? Mm -hmm. Am I still me? And how do I care for this person and also care for myself? How does our marriage look like now? Um, All those things that you kind of have to figure out work and friendships. And, um, you know, I could feel this need of I need to do something for myself. I need to take care of myself. And I don't even know how, you know, I have this baby all the time. How do, what does self-care look like in this new season? Um, Did you experience postpartum with both boys? No, just my first. um, And the second time around, I mean, I was terrified because it was so hard and draining. And um, the first time it was um, just really difficult to walk through. And so we wanted more kids, but it was scary to even think about rolling the dice. Like, oh gosh, what if that happens again? And what if I feel so outside of myself, I was afraid of that happening, but, yeah. um, the, so it took some time to feel brave enough mm-hmm. to roll those dice. And, um, but the second time, um, just really found, uh, I was a different person. I had been a mom for a couple of years and, um, you know, those transitions that we talked about of like, ah, what is, what, who am I in motherhood? I had already kind of figured some of those out, um, and um, also one of the benefits, we joke about one of the benefits of having anxiety, especially severe um, depression, is that not only did I want to care for myself better the second time around, but the people around mm. me, they didn't want me to experience that again. So I had so much support the, um, when Jack was born. And because I was in a different state and had learned so much um, I was able to accept so much more help yeah. and without guilt, just ask for exactly what I needed. And um, it was a completely different journey. Yeah. Take us back to when Henry was born. Mm-hmm. Like how soon, just tell me, like explain the timeline to me a little bit. Yeah. I haven't experienced it. Was it something you experienced right away over yeah. weeks or months or days? Like what did that time look like for you? Um, you know, I definitely, well, one, I had kind of postpartum depression on my radar because I had already had a season in grad school. Um, let's see. So I was in grad school as a really competitive, really stressful program. And I went off birth control for the first time in years. Um, and the, those two together Mm -hmm. just, um, so I'd kind of had a season of panic attacks and depression. Um, so I kind of had that on my radar walking into um, newborn season. But in my mind, postpartum depression um, kind of looked like sadness and uh, maybe having trouble bonding with your baby. And that's mm-hmm. not how I felt at all. I felt obsessed with my baby mm-hmm. and happier than ever. Um, but I felt anxious and I didn't realize that kind of postpartum anxiety was part of that too. And they really are linked. Um, I didn't know that. I think a lot of people don't know that, that anxiety and depression are really connected. Um, I've heard it called two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. Almost often when you're having symptoms of one, you'll have symptoms of the other. Yeah. Um, And they seem opposite, but they really are connected. Um, So I say that to say, I kind of was looking out for signs of depression and, Um, really what I felt through my maternity leave was anxiety and just kind of on edge and see having trouble falling back asleep after nursing, um, kind of not really wanting to be alone, but all these kind of signs of growing um, 
anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really until I kind of managed until I went back to work. And then the added pressure, my job is so flexible and they're so great. It was all me putting that pressure on myself. Um, what, you know, I've got to be the same employee that I was before and I've got to be there at the same time that I was before. And, um, that is when it kind of morphed and kind yeah. of fell, I fell off the edge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I couldn't really manage anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I've talked about some of those symptoms, but I felt antsy. I, my chest would be tight. Um, just had, I had no appetite, which is really weird for me because <laughs> I'm like a food lover. Um, and just, I'm not a worrier, but in that season felt really fixated on worries and, like every little decision, like nap schedules and pacifier or, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, and the more anxious I felt, the less um, milk I was producing. So going back to work and then pumping, I would get, you know, a couple ounces and then yeah. that would trigger anxiety for me too. Yeah. Um, and then for me, just all of that kind of led to like a hopelessness, which is depression, just the utter like utter hopelessness is depression, which is horrible as hell. Yeah. What did that look like for you in Austin during that time? Yeah. I think, I mean, um, he is by far my biggest supporter and, um, we've learned so much together through this journey. Um, and that in that season, I mean, we had just become parents, so we were both figuring out a lot. Um, you know, he's trying to figure out what does it look like to be a dad and how does he navigate caring for me in that season? Um, so it was, it was a lot to walk through together, but, um, we've said a hundred times that made us closer, closer than ever. And because we got to walk through it together, we learned a lot about how to care for each other well and how to prioritize, you know, again, love. Um, he wants me to care for myself so that I never get to that place again. So, um, and that's cyclical. The more he encourages me to care for myself and to get away and, um, you know, spend, wake up and head to Starbucks and just take some time for myself. Um, the more I want to encourage him to do the same. Right. It is funny how that works in marriage. Like it's contagious. I feel like one good, not good deed, but like any encouragement, one good does anything you're doing for the betterment of your marriage, like it's so contagious, which I think is so cool. Totally. Um, so how, what did you do? So you get to this point of like not being able to manage it or being so, you being so anxious, like wh- what happened after yeah. that? Um, I pulled the ripcord. <laughs> like, okay, abort, abort, this is not working. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up, we call it my second maternity leave. I left work and kind of took a few more weeks to be like, wow, this is not working for me. Um, I found a really awesome counselor and I'm like all about counseling. I mean, in, in a hard season, it is necessary. In everyday life, it's the best yep. way that I care for myself. So Um, Found a great counselor who I trusted and felt like I could be vulnerable with. Mm -hmm. And I trusted um, the advice and what they, not advice, but what they would share back to me and their perspective. Um, That was huge. I got on anxiety medication. Um, That was incredibly beneficial to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Just for me, if my anxiety was at a 10, that could take it to like an eight. And then at an eight, I could kind of work on the tools and skills that I was learning 
And that was huge for me to start to feel like myself. Yeah. Um, Were you hesitant to do any of those things? Oh, definitely. Uh Counseling is terrifying Mm -hmm. um, when you haven't done it before. And it's a process to find the right person and, um, you know, it's new. I, I didn't really know many people who had been to counseling or, or who had said it out loud <laughs> or who had said it out loud. So that, um, yeah, that was wonderful. The medication, I, that was a big one. That was a big step because, um, you can, you can nurse and be on medication, a lot of them. Um, but I felt most comfortable stopping. Yeah. And so I had to quit nursing and pumping to, um, get on there. So there was a lot there to unpack. Yeah. And, um, but that, um, so every, every time we nurse or pump there, that's another hormonal release. And so that was something, um, my doctor and I kind of talked through, like he said, if you think of nursing as, or breastfeeding as extra credit in a hard season, it's easy to let go of the extra credit. That's a really good way to think about that. Both my boys have been on formula um, in different seasons and they thrived. They were great. They're healthy. They're happy. And, um, but for whatever reason, there's so much emotions like tied up to that. Mm -hmm. What would you say the hardest, and this might be a hard question, like the hardest part of just that postpartum depression and anxiety, like if you had to, look at it as a whole, what was the hardest thing about it for you? Oh gosh, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the hopelessness is mm-hmm. definitely the hardest. And if you've experienced depression, then you'll understand that feeling of being at the the bottom of the pit. Mm-hmm. That's just, um, you know, we, we thrive on hope and especially in a hard time, the hope that things will get better. Yeah. And that is what depression says to you is that it won't get better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that without hope, that's just, it's so hard to move forward. Were you able during that time, um, to talk like with your friends, were you open about it to people or did you feel? Oh yeah, very much so. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's the way that I'm wired. I can't really turn that off. I'm an open book. Um, so yeah, very open and, um, you know, I was one of the first of our friends to have a baby. So Mm -hmm. there wasn't, um, you know, they cared for me so well, but it, it definitely it was it, uncharted territory. It was uncharted yeah. territory for our whole friend group. So, yeah. But, you know, since then, we've had a million babies and we've walked through all that together. Yeah. What did that season teach you? You said you and Austin feel like you learned a million things from it. You are stronger because of it. You learned how to take care of each other better for it. Like, how, what did it teach you? So many things. Um, I think probably the biggest is learning to care for myself. And um, self-care is kind of like that buzzword right Mm -hmm. right now, but I'm not, I don't mean like bubble baths and Mm -hmm. chocolate and like those things are wonderful. I love those things. But um, for me, real, real self-care and without guilt. So um, for me, some of those things are counseling and prioritizing that and making room in our budget for that. Um, what else? You just went on a little staycation a with little, one of your friends. Like, what does that, yeah. that look like so for you guys? making time for that and, mm-hmm. ma- and being really intentional about looking at our calendar. And we put those things in ahead of time. And like I said, encourage each other to do that. And date night. 
Um, so some of that is healthy boundaries, like saying no when I should say no to something and not second guessing that um, or not, you know, um, being hard on myself for that. But but setting those boundaries, even if it's going to be frustrating to somebody else or disappointing to somebody else. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, making, making those getaways happen because I know that I am, I can't pour out to the people around me, my family, my friends at work, if I am empty. Um, and so making that time to get away with friends or my husband or just by myself. Yeah. Would you say, so you've been through three, you'd say three seasons of this would did you experience the same type of stuff with postpartum depression, anxiety as like the other seasons of it that were not postpartum or was there any difference between those things? Yeah, pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, different in that now I had a baby and yeah. so I couldn't, I think that was part of the hard, the hardship in that is it wasn't just me trying to care for myself. Um, I couldn't use exactly the tools that I had used in the past because now I, you know, had a baby and had to navigate the sleeplessness that comes with that and all these other things. Um, and, but a lot of the symptoms looked similar. Yeah. Yeah. That like, you know, tightening of the chest and, you know, I feel more aware of my body now than ever because I'm constantly, um, kind of looking out, just, just looking out, what is my body telling me? If I feel that tightness, if I feel that, stress, um, you know, what is it and what triggered that and what was the thought or what was happening or who was I with and, um, leaning into that, I've learned so much, just kind of getting curious about it, not letting it freak me out and snowball into something bigger, but just getting curious about it and, um, kind of then making some changes maybe from there. What are some things now in your life that like trigger those feelings? I know you're probably more aware of them, like quickly or quicker than before, but what are some of those things that still trigger that for you? So um, one thing I've definitely learned over the years is that my hormones really affect not only my mood, but kind of the way I respond to stress. And so one thing I've learned um, and our, our life group girls have kind of been on a journey of learning about our hormones, learning about our periods and um, the estrogen and progesterone that comes with that and and what the side effects are. And it's kind of embarrassing how much we did not know. Yeah. Um, Feel free it, to share anything yeah. you would like to share. Well, and then it's kind of like the joke of like, you know, oh, like teenagers and PMSing and like, no, our hormones are real and they're strong and they do incredible things in our bodies. And there are real emotional side effects to that. Yeah. And so a big thing that I've started doing, I'm a journaler. I'm a, I have my calendar. I have it in my purse right now. Um, we calendar everything out. And I write on each week kind of what phase of my cycle I'm expecting to be in. And to me, that matters because the week before my period, I really am in a different state. I'm still me, but stressors are going to be, I'm going to have a much um, more extreme response to them. Yeah. You know, if something really irks me in that week, um, you know, 
And when I think to myself, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk to him about that. You know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to talk to him about that. I'm going to wait until the following week <laughs> and think about it. Or I'm not going to make big decisions yeah. that week. Um, I would not have scheduled something scary like a podcast perhaps on that <laughs> week. Um, I, I really, I know myself and I know, especially now that I'm tracking it and I'm writing that in, I can see without a doubt that. I can feel a difference yeah. um, in that season. And um, I'll second that. Yeah. Yeah. I've never written it out, but that's so interesting because I know like I can feel it and I can tell in my reactions. Mm-hmm. I can tell just in my response, but that's so interesting to like really know ahead of time, like what to expect. Yeah. Because before for me, it would be, you know, I'd have, we'd Austin and I sit in the spa and we'd have this conversation in the spa and I'd be crying and it would be like, oh, all these things and they feel so heavy and I don't know what to do. And the next day I'd be like, I started my period. Yeah. And we'd both be like, there it is. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Take all that into account when we process last night's conversation. Yeah. So why Try again? Can we just have a do over yeah. and let's do it next week? <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Don't, don't listen to me that. <laughs> But why be surprised by that yeah. each week? So for me, that's a big one. But and I, I know, I know myself, and I know that for me, hormones have played a really big role. Yeah, in anxiety and depression for me. That's so good. That's very enlightening, and I like it because people don't want to talk about that stuff. So thanks for talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else, or do you feel like at this point in your life? Um, of course, we're always learning and growing, and you know all of that. But do you feel like you've um, kind of nipped it in the bud a little bit. I, I definitely feel like I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about the tools that I have and how to access them. There's always more to learn mm-hmm. and who knows, you know, what the future will hold. Um, and also I am truly a different person. I mean, truly, um, I'm a one on the Enneagram. So are you, I know. And I am, I'll read about being a one and kind of this type A right and wrong. And I'm driven and I'm a perfectionist. And, you know, I joke that I'm a recovering perfectionist yeah. now that I really have worked on that in counseling. And I really, I really am more aware now of my self-talk and how critical I can be in my self-talk, like thoughts that I would never, things I would never say to anyone else. Right. I would never hold them to that standard. I would never beat them up for the thing they said wrong, you know? Yeah. Um, but I truly am a different person after those seasons and after walking through them and seeing kind of that perfectionism, being driven, really pushing myself that that had um, really helped me, I thought, up until this point. You know, you get a lot of accolades for being driven and detail-oriented, and but internally realizing that that really wasn't helpful to me yeah. um, in ways it was. But to really, I'm more aware more than ever of the thoughts those kind of subconscious thoughts that you have to yourself. And and I'm more um, willing to talk back and to say, no, that's not true. Or like, so what? Yeah, I did. I shouldn't have said that, but I did. And so what? Um, That, that is new. I'm a new me. And I'll, (laughs) yeah. So I'll read about the Enneagram and and literally write like, this is me before counseling. This is me after anxiety and depression. Yeah. Um, And I, I know God can use our hardships to refine us more than anything else, probably. 
You took um, the words out of my mouth. That's what I was going to say. I feel like for me, infertility and like that long season was like, I always say, I feel like it was a full length mirror. Like I saw the A, like the lies I was believing, the things I was going through. I was like almost shocked at what I was experiencing in my mind and my heart. And then I see like what God did with it. And I'm same. I feel like a new person. I feel, of course, I still deal with these things and like, practice surrender and gratitude and all these different things that came out of it. But I think it's so incredible. And sometimes I feel like he uses those big things. Maybe it's us ones. Like he, for me, I like needed to hear over and over again and it needed to be something big to like change my whole life around. Not just like let go of a couple little things, but really surrender everything. Um, Definitely. So I can relate on that. If you had a friend right now that was experiencing postpartum depression or anxiety and you guys were having coffee and she's crying, what would you say to this friend of yours? I, first of all, it is so common. It's so common. And the more that I have shared, the more I've had this conversation. Um, so, I mean, that one, I would want to give her a big hug and, and, you know, find someone to watch her baby for her so we could <laughs> hang out more. Um, but I would want to just remind her again and again that it is common and that it's treatable um, and that there's nothing that she's done wrong because mm-hmm. it really can feel that way. Like I brought this on myself or maybe just for me, but, and, and I've got to like, you know, dig in and get out of this yeah. season. And um, I've got to be better for my family, for my baby, but just reminders that it's, it's so common and it's so treatable. Um, and then also to, I think in the midst of it, I was so desperate to feel like myself again, that my goal was to have no symptoms, to feel completely like myself, no anxiety, no depression. And what that's, that of course we would want that, but what that can do is when you feel just a tiny bit of it, it can like, oh, it's still like here. You feel like you failed because- yes. It, it's, it will never be gone. And that can just, that just builds, you know, they say anxiety is like one of those um, finger traps. Uh-huh. You have your finger on both sides. And the more you yank to get out, the tighter it gets. And the more we can learn, it's so counterintuitive, but the more we can learn to ride those waves and to just kind of step back and, oh, that's interesting. Like feeling anxious right now, like just kind of ride that wave and wait for it to pass. Um, so the opposite of that, wanting no symptoms, is to just look for small wins to celebrate yeah. and just to feel a little bit better. Um, if you feel a little bit more like yourself, to lean into those things that kind of helped. So um, for me, some of those were getting outside, being in the sun, going on long walks and exercise. Um, yes, 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 yes. The endorphins from exercising, I, I think it's... 20 minutes of exercise a day has the same effect on anxiety as like a low dose of medication would. Interesting. It really is beneficial. And that alone is not going to cure you, but just to take that small step to feeling a little bit more like yourself. Um, Yoga for me was a big one and meditation, really learning. I basically had been breathing wrong my whole life. Just I did not know how to take a deep breath, a real breath. I did it in my belly, not my lungs. And yoga was a great way. um, And that was new and scary too. But yoga was a great way to learn how to take that deep breath and 
um, in a yoga class, if you do that for an hour, you know, your whole body is so much more relaxed. That's why I love it too. Yes. (laughs) And then that's a tool you can access outside of yoga. I feel that way. Even if I do like 15, I have bigger ideas and goals. I'm going to do yoga every morning for however long, but even if that doesn't happen and it's just like 10 minutes, it still changes my whole entire day and my perspective or my responses or all of that. And there's something in our brain, like science has shown that when we take those deep breaths for five minutes, 10 minutes, it basically tells our body there's no, there's no enemy coming at me. I am calm in this moment and I can calm down. Yeah. I don't need to be in that fight or flight mode. Yeah. Um, it's science. Yeah. So you take your girl to yoga. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kylie, what do you feel like God has set you free from in, in all of those seasons, in postpartum depression, anxiety, in just how he has changed you? What do you feel free from? Mm-hmm. I think um, I feel a new um, ability to care for myself, like we said, to ask for exactly what I need in that moment, um, to rest well, mm. and to really um, get curious about what helps me to rest well. And to, I am like a very productive person. I love to check things off my list. I love to be more efficient and, um, you know, the... I can't do that unless I rest, but I don't, I think that's an, that's a new thing for me to be able to celebrate resting and not checking things off totally. my list. Um, that can be uncomfortable. So, but we see that all through, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and if I'm following Jesus, he did that all the time. I he know. stepped away from the crowd. He napped and he <laughs> ate good food. It literally says that he ate good food and he napped like, yes, please sign me up for that. <laughs> You know, God doesn't want us to exhaust ourselves in the journey. He wants to care for us. And truly, we can't pour out to people unless we are filled up. So um, that's a huge one for me. And then also just, you know, I I love sharing my story and I love how that connects me to other women. But the negative side is I don't want to be the anxiety girl. Like that's so not who I am. That's something I've walked through. But I think anyone could say that about their hardship, yeah. you know, whatever they've walked through. Um, infertility yeah. is something you've walked through that doesn't define you at right. all. It's changed you, um, but it doesn't define you. And that's not. So I think that's a big one for me is allowing myself to believe that this is something hard I've walked through, but it doesn't define me just like anyone else. Right. Um, and then also allowing, reminding myself that for anybody else, an addiction on anything they've walked through, that that doesn't define them. That's one part of their story. Um, and then and empathy. I am by nature an empathetic person, so that's not hard for me. But I don't think, you know, anxiety and depression, they're really unique in um, the symptoms and the way you feel and the way you kind of can claw your way out of there. Yeah. Um, I don't think I really could have understood unless I had felt it. If I'd been at the bottom of that pit and really understood that you can't pray your way out of there. You yeah. really can't. And so asking someone if they're praying about it is not a helpful response in that moment, although I can understand it. Um, so just learning how to care for others and who are walking through that hardship or really any others. Yeah. 
thank you so much for just opening up and being super vulnerable. Um, I know people listening, I know women are going to relate and be encouraged by you. Where can people follow along and see your cute boys and <laughs> see what you're up to? All your camping oh trips gosh. on Instagram. Yes. Basically on Instagram, you'll see me um, camping with my dudes. Once yeah. a month we go camping. So uh, Kylie Visser, K-Y-L-E-E, Visser, V-I-S-S-E-R. We still need to get a camping trip on the calendar. Let's do it. Okay. After this. <laughs> Thanks, Kylie. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorkecho.com. B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in.